Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot inbound and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, grow. That's right, we're back with another episode. By the way, uh, just so everybody knows, I'm an idiot. We've already done this episode. We actually did it like two weeks ago. Uh, however, uh, you know, in the uh, infamous like ability to have technology, yeah, I jacked it up. So we're going to do it again for the first time for you guys, for the second time for us. I'm actually very curious to see how this turns out uh, on a level of like, is it going to be the same conversation that we had previous or is it going to be completely different? Because I kind of remember the conversation. But we're going to start with the question that I started with, and that is, uh, and, and whoever wants to go first can go first. Uh, I'm, you know, whatever. Uh, what the heck is marketing? In your mind, if somebody asks you what is marketing, what do you say to that question? I think what I was kind of mentioning last time, and I think I still stand by this, is like I went to school for, you know, uh, marketing and, and had the traditional sort of marketing playbook uh, uh, doctrinized upon me and then you know, years after college, I kind of re re uh, re entered the whole HubSpot and, and inbound world after originally getting uh, you know uh, uh, exposed to it in college. But the I guess what I originally thought it was is just like advertising, buying you know billboards and TV advertisements and ads in the newspaper and magazines and, and things like that and. Well, yes, that's that's marketing. I think, you know, uh, my my mind started to kind of shift to saying, oh, well, now it's all about blogging and video and YouTube and content and like all these things. And while, yes, I still think that's definitely a big piece of it, like my frame of mind has kind of shifted a lot more in the past three years as I've been sort of, you know, wrapping my head around what like HubSpot has kind of turned into and kind of what inbound is kind of evolved into and you know, what marketing is kind of evolved into it's, it's sort of like the experience you give at every single step of the process, whether you're, you know, helping someone find you through the first time with educational content that helps them get close to achieving some sort of goal or challenge. So you can build trust with them all the way to making sure your product is actually delivering on the, <laughs> the promises that it made when someone bought it uh, that sales process that kind of sits in between there and, and, you know, how good of an ex or bad of an experience that is. And then of course, like, you know, the afterwards, right? Like, what are you doing to be there for your customer? What sort of experiences are they having afterward with it? And how are you turning people, you know, into your best marketers that'll go out and tell people, you know, your product is great. Right. So, I mean, it's, it is kind of like Doug said, it's like kind of whatever you want it to be, but it is kind of like everything, you know, everything can have a, a hand in, in affecting your marketing in one way, shape or form. So it's tough so for me to kind of give it one. What isn't marketing? Accounting. I don't know. 
<laughs> HR. A lampshade. A lampshade is not marketing. There's a lot of things that aren't marketing. <laughs> the sun. The sun is not marketing. It's funny no. because I, I actually had time to like think about this in between the time of jacking it up and like knowing we were going to do it again. And I realized I actually have like a really uh, funky relationship with marketing. Because before 2012, if you asked me what marketing was, I would say it's interruptive, it's annoying, it's like people calling me, it's like ads in my face. And then in 2012, when I actually like did inbound and learned about inbound marketing, which if you ask a lot of people now would probably be marketing or digital marketing, I was like, oh, actually, this isn't like close to like a marketer isn't close to being a dentist okay like maybe I actually want to be a marketer because before that I wasn't a marketer and so what's fun is through my path I actually had to do like almost the exact opposite uh, max of what you did because I learned all about inbound marketing and digital marketing and what HubSpot was saying and what companies along the way were saying Um, and then at one point I was like there's four P's wait what what are you guys talking about? Like there was marketing before this? Um, and I actually had to like go back in history and start to research and and uh, read books. Well, we all know that I don't read books, but listen to books. Um, you know, and so like it's like so like Jack Welch's uh, MBA, like uh, w- went and listened to that, which was amazing and like dove into like listening to people like Doug and and other folks talk about like the historical pieces and what books they're reading. Um, and so now I- I'm very much Doug with you. I'm not sure what isn't marketing, because if I go real thin on this, marketing is the story that you or others tell about the products and services that you provide, which could be anything under the sun, in my opinion. What you guys are talking about primarily, though, is 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 the change that's happened to the promotion um, playbook. Inbound is a piece of promotion. Story is is promotion. You know, if marketing is everything, then it's nothing. Then then to say that it's marketing or to say that I'm a marketer is not to say, you know, it it, it has no meaning. I mean, I, I would say operations is not marketing. Does that mean that there's no role of marketing in operations? Of course, there's a role in marketing because communications is a component. You, you you have those things that go on, but operations is not a marketing discipline. You know, HR is not marketing. Mm-hmm. Finance is not marketing. Again, I, I I think when you look at business, you're you're dealing with a complex ecosystem, and so it's you know you can't you know they're 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 not x pieces of a puzzle that 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 fit in. There's you know things are interwoven, etc. So, so to answer your but- question, George, when someone says what is marketing, what marketing is most often when people talk about it is the promotion part of it. Um, if we go back. 20, 30 years ago, actually, God, holy cow, probably 40, 50 years ago, um, it, what we do would be called the marketing communications department. And and the discipline of what we do would have been called Marcom. That got, you know, the for, for, the, for the entire reason that inbound, you know, that the inbound revolution came about, there, there, there became an ickiness factor associated with that term marketing communications. Um, and it's also a very long word to say, so it just gotten shorthanded to marketing. But but now, you know, the, my problem with the word is it means whatever somebody wants it to mean, which which therefore makes it really hard for anyone to have a conversation and have that be clarifying if the word marketing ever gets used. 
Yeah, Julie, I want to go to you next, but I found myself just doing something, which is interesting. Like, I was eagerly shaking my head, Doug, which I don't know why I do that, when you're like, HR is not marketing, finance is not marketing. And I agree, but then all of a sudden I felt this, like, internal turmoil of, like, but, 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 but wait, they can dramatically affect my marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I just want people to be like, I don't want people to, to listen to this and go, well, there's distinct walls. So I don't have to worry about those. Ah, you actually probably do need to worry about those as a marketer to just make sure like the the flow and the process and the friction and, the, you know, the force, all the things we've talked about historically are like happening there. But Julie, I want to get your take because so far we've been very chatty Cathy's uh, about this and you have just kind of been like sitting back and like absorbing all the information. Um, when when you hear this question, where do you go? Yeah, it's fun to, to listen and absorb sometimes. Um, I think in like the the broadest strokes, right? If you ask me like, what's marketing? I'm, I'm going to think about like all of the ways people interact with your brand. However, I do agree, Doug, like finance is not marketing, but sometimes finance needs marketing, right? Like if I'm uh, following up on open invoices, I, as uh, someone in pro services have had times where those follow-ups have been um, sent by finance, sent by accounting in a very like, straight numbers kind of way and received by clients as very jarring, we'll say, right? Not great communication there where someone with like a marketing or communications background might write that email differently. And that influence is really important because those are the types of things that come back around into into reviews and, and those pieces of the puzzle. HR is not marketing, but in a lot of ways, recruiting is or recruiting can be. Um, so there, there are a lot of layers and I think it's very blended and the, the deeper we get into the 2021 of it all, um, the Mm. more multifaceted it becomes and the more valuable potentially a marketer or someone who thinks like a marketer is Mm. right. Like, wouldn't you hate to get a review that says love working with my account manager gosh, is their accounting team aggressive actually left as a client because I hated these invoice reminders. They sent me three invoice reminders before the due date. Mm. That's not good. Yeah, That's a problem. That's now a marketing problem caused by non-marketing, but people mm-hmm. who, who need that in their space. It's the experience yeah. that got affected. Mm. Yeah, very much so. And, and everything is about kind of experience especially Jilly you said 2021 like man we are (laughs) our culture is like experience driven uh, to say the least so here's the thing the reason that of course by the way folks uh, conversation dramatically different than the first time that we did this that you'll never watch or hear because yeah anyway Um, the reason we bring this up is because the true conversation we want to have today the meat and potatoes of, of the podcast of of the episode is what the heck makes a good marketer and we have two articles in the show notes you can click on the links below uh, if you're on uh, the page and you can see uh, two articles the first article that we're going to dive into is the 10 essential qualities of a successful marketer Uh, pretty uh Pretty SEO uh, driven, pretty, uh, you know, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. I I don't mind the title. Lady and gentlemen, uh, what were your thoughts when you went through this article and we were talking about things like 
sales ability and innovation and curiosity and things of the such. Yeah, I think for me, the 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 ones that I really liked here were were curiosity and and just kind of trying to be an eternal learner, just trying to learn as much as you can. Right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like if you come in as a marketer to some sort of company, like there's no guarantee that you'll be a subject matter expert in like whatever it is that you're marketing. Right. So I'm, I'm never going to say like, you need to become a subject matter expert, but like, you need to at least be curious about it. You need to be able to like leverage those around you who are subject matter experts. And, and then you got to be the one that takes all that data and that information and kind of crafts it into a, you know, a message that, that resonates with whoever it is that you're trying to attract. But also I think the big thing that comes from learning a lot about the, the area that you're not a subject matter in is like the confidence in your marketing that comes from it. Right. And, and because I think there's just a lot of things that like marketers will, there's a lot of excuses I think that marketers will make to, to not do something or to not create content or to not write this blog article or whatever it may be. And I think a lot of that comes from the, the, the fear of like getting something wrong um, or not having the subject matter expertise or just finding another excuse not to do it. And I think if you can like really dig into your industry or whatever it is that, that, that you're marketing, even though you're not a, a, an SME coming into it, uh, curiosity is going to help you a whole lot there. So, so George, where I'm lost right now is in relation to what role as a marketer, mm. are we talking about, are we talking about the head of marketing? Cause the head of marketing should have more familiarity and comfort with with selling, I, I disagree with the idea that they need to be able to sell as well as heck if they could sell as well as and, and enjoyed it, they would probably be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, if I'm the analytics person or, or an or a person on the analytics team, if I'm on the branding team, you know, if I'm the graphic designer on the branding team, um, what side, you know, so, so it, it, again, it comes back to, you know, I deal with this on the sales side all the time. You know, I always ask the question, who's the greatest football player of all time? You know, one of the famous people get gets brought up, and I say, okay, great. What if you're looking for um, a left tackle? What if you're looking for you know a, a linebacker? All of a sudden, you know, Tom Brady, Walter Payton, Jim Brown. Although Jim Brown would probably be pretty damn good at just about any position. I'd have to. He, he, yeah, he, Jim Brown, he, man. He was See? a beast. But 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 still, it, it's you know this element. They're all football players. Yeah. Right. And and I think that one of the reasons why, I mean, candidly. 90% of marketing doesn't justify its cost. You can, you can just look at you can just look at the data and 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 you'll know that. And 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 the reason is as we look at it through this we, you know we have this tendency to look at it through this um every man perspective. Uh like I I remember Mike Volpe shared a document how to build a marketing team. And he basically shared what at the time, you know, HubSpot's marketing team was and they had a top of funnel team, a middle funnel team, a bottom funnel team, an events team, and then there was one other team, I forget what the fifth team was. And, and, and the point of that is, A, you can really only solve one big problem at a time. So if I'm a marketing team and I'm dealing with everything, like when, when I work with people, it's okay, well, where's our priority? That's what we have to focus on. And if you wanna solve more than one problem, you have to have more than one team. But also the point is that the discipline, the focus, the elements, the mindset of a top of funnel team, middle funnel team, bottom funnel team, or if you want to call it early journey, middle journey, late journey, those things all change, right? The size of the team ha- has that impact. And, and, and I think we need to start bringing more discipline behind what we call a marketer and what that role is. 
and 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 match that you know what's the job to be done right we we're we're doing that with technology now right and we're kind of not doing it with marketers it, it, yeah. you know and I I look at job descriptions someone's hiring a marketer and it's like wow a I'm not sure that that marketer actually exists because according to the job description they are masters at everything they're extraordinarily creative they're detail oriented they're exceptional communicators I'm like. <laughs> I'd love to have that put right in. And, you know, aren't there like a lot of businesses, though, that just have like a marketer play like a generalist marketing role versus like having specified okay. roles, though? So so if you're a generalist role, right, then then that's a different that that, that that's a different play as well. And, and, and by the way, if you're a generalist, no offense to any generalist, you simply can't be exceptional at anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and what you're going to find is if you're if you. You can't, George. You you might you might personally have the capability to be exceptional, but if I have to do everything, you know, being exceptional means you're disproportionately allocating resources, right? You're there. You you've got extra focus on something, and so if I'm going to extra focus on this and be great at it, I've got to give something up. It, it's the old thing, like if everything's the top priority, then there's no priority. Yeah, and, I, and so I, it's a different game. It's 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 a different level. I wouldn't expect. A generalist, which almost by definition is going to be a small marketing team, you know, and and how many, how many of our clients, Julie and I, not that they're our shared clients, but George, Julie, and you know Max, you 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 work from from the the tech side, but how many of our clients have generalist marketing teams, and they say things like, well, HubSpot publishes five blogs a day, you know, well this company does X, Y, or Z, and 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 we're looking at a generalist. And 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 using a playbook um, for you know that's th- got a whole wide variety of specialists. You you you've got to manage what that trade off is. And so when you're looking at at the elements of what makes a good marketer, I mean, I can tell you the one element that makes that would make a good marketer, regardless of role, that is far too lacking, which is business acumen. Um, which, and and, which and by the way, it's why marketing. You know, marketing, and you know, none of you are going to like this, but I'm the sales guy on the show, so I get to say it, right? Marketing's never been particularly good at bit with, with business acumen, even at the higher levels. It's why they've not traditionally had a seat at the table. So, so here's here, I, I I have to say this. If you're listening to this and you're googling right now, business acumen. Doug's point. Doug's point is proven. And, and Doug, I'll be honest with you. Like, I have many years into the marketing. Um, like I was a marketer for years um, until I heard that term and I had to Google it. It's not something that is inherently like, hey, you should focus on this first or you should know these things in in this today's track in marketing. Like if you go through all of HubSpot Academy's content, you're not going to find a lesson on business acumen. That's why we have a course on it, but I'm sorry, I couldn't help ah, my commercial there. There you go, there you go, there you go. Self-promotion, um, I love it. That was good marketing, Doug. Thank right. you. But, right. but here, here's the thing. I do want to get Julie's thoughts too, but I, I honestly am having like um, – I'm, I'm having FOMO for the people who weren't uh, uh, part of the first conversation we had because I want to go back to the football thing. Because, Doug, the first time we went through that, you actually positioned it as a question and you asked us, like, who was the all-time football player? Yeah, but I already I, asked you the question, so it wouldn't I, I work know. No, no. So it works because I want people – I said Howie Long. 
However, again, I've had time to think about this. I would change my answer. It wouldn't be how I, I should have the first time we went through this said Walter Payton because Walter Payton to me probably is now now that I have time to think like, oh, man, I really loved the way that he played. Yeah. But going to your generalist, he couldn't have been probably a good, you know, defensive player. He would have been a horrible left tackle. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Julie, you were you leaned in when I went to like football players. I maintain Tim Riggins, Texas forever. Thank you. Um, Clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose. Can't lose. Cheers to that, Doug. Forever on the same page about pop culture. Are you sure? Are you from New Jersey? Do you? Are we? Yeah. That was a. I'm not from New Jersey, and I'm not from Texas, and that's from Texas. Yeah, but like also your love of Bruce Springsteen, Boundless, which you could you could come here. I could. You could come here. You're invited. I'm a close cousin of New Jersey. That is correct. You're Let forever me, invited. I have an extra office and everything for you, Doug. Since um, we're in tangent mode, so, before you go, Julie, before you go, since we're in tangent mode, go ahead and raise your arm up a little bit. I feel like we should all have gold mugs. I'm going to find gold mugs. I'm going to ship gold mugs to all of us, and we should have gold mugs on every episode yes. moving forward. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll this research This is an ember mug. I highly recommend one. Okay. Send me details. It's a gift. I'm, it keeps my I'm, coffee hot. I'm going to send one to every one of the crew. Okay, go ahead, Julie. Tangent time over. Hashtag Okay. Well, that was a really fun tangent. Um, You need an ember mug if you don't have one. Great marketing. No. Um, So I love this conversation about generalists. And it made me think of this question that I see floating around LinkedIn here and there, which is, I think if you're building a marketing team, who's your first hire? Is it an ops person? Is it a this? Is it a that? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm seeing more and more often people are saying, I would hire a marketing operations person. And I I don't disagree with that, but I still see a lot of value in a generalist, especially if you're thinking about early on building a team. Um, there's There is a lot of like baggage around the generalist term. Um, and I had a boss a while back um, who introduced himself to me in the interview process and was like, I'm very much a generalist. I believe in X, Y, and Z. And I like to know about all of these things and um, positioned himself very much that way. And that kind of gave me pause as a new hire um, or a job candidate to be like, oh, like sometimes it's okay to be a generalist and to apply generalist skills and not be a specialist and not be, here's, here's my one thing that I devote my entire life too in, in my work world. Um, it's obviously oversimplifying. I do want to say if you're out there and you're thinking, well, I like being a generalist. Like there's room for that and there's space for that. And I think a lot of times a generalist is undervalued. Um, I think in terms of these articles and the skills listed, and there are a lot of soft skills in there and they're great. They could probably apply to any job. So if I'm really thinking about these articles and marketing careers and growing or starting a career in marketing, this isn't bad advice, but I don't know if it's mar- marketing advice, but a, a marketing job, like for a lot of jobs, being curious, having modesty or humility, like these are characteristics that are just good, good to have. I, it's good to have business acumen regardless of the role you're in. If you're working for a business, I would say, right? So, I don't know. It's just, it felt a little actually, to me. Actually, Julie, I think, um, you know, at, 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 a, at a level of business acumen becomes a requirement, no question. But if you're the CFO and you don't have business acumen, whoever, but if you're 
if you're an accountant, you don't need to have business acumen. You don't really need to understand where you 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 are working in a you know highly linear closed loop. You're not managing interconnections, understanding um, deeper things. So I, I do I do think you get to a difference there. I I don't think you need it, but I don't think it hurts you. So right, and I okay. I guess so I've got bad news. So I've got bad yeah. news. Oh, boy. Not every so so the first thing about business acumen, even though we have a course on it, did I mention that earlier? Um, do, do, do you have a course on that? We do have a course on it. It's uh, for, for marketers and salespeople. Is you it an easy URL? Teach. Is it a business easy acumen URL? can't be taught. It can be learned, and only a small percentage of people are going to learn it. Wait, wait, wait! Most back people are not going to have business acumen. Back up the train. Here we go. Back, back up the train. <laughs> It can't, wait, how did you say that? It can't be taught, it can't but it can be, taught, be learned. How, it, but it can be learned. We need, how, we need to define can, business acumen before we go any further yeah, in this conversation. Yeah, because here's the thing. How can it be learned if it can't be taught? Like that makes zero sense to me. Because there's talent. There's, there, 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 there's aspects of talent and, and, and thinking and process. There, there's, a, there's an X factor to business acumen. It's like acting can be learned it can't be taught. There's aspects of it that are taught. There's elements that are, that are taught, but but I can take. What, what do you want to say, George? I'm, I, I, I'm looking for here's here's yeah. Look for that. Here's where my brain goes. It can be taught. It's just okay. not everybody. It, not everybody can learn it. That's what I hear you saying. Like because everything no. can be taught. It's just some people don't have no. the skills to actually be no. able to achieve what no. they've been. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying oh, that. Oh man, my the, brain's the reason, gonna explode. The reason it's not in school. The reason, the reason that there's no business acumen class is, 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 is there's an X factor. There, there, there's an element that, that has to, it, it, that you're, the ability to connect disconnected pieces with an understanding of, and you can't teach that. Yeah. So, so I could, you, you could have uh, five people okay. go through the exact same coursework. You could have all these things. And, and the reason that I say that it can be learned is no one is born with business acumen. I get you. I get you. I, I I get what you're throwing down now because it can be taught. It can be learned, but not everybody has the ability to have the vision or or the see the connection points. Like they might know the here's the five steps, but it still might not work out for them. Is that kind of like George, am, am I, I think am, you're assuming that in order to learn something, you must be taught it. There must be like a teaching training mechanism other than perhaps experience. Well, does a human have to teach it to you? You can get taught by an experience or taught by a human. So George, do you mean when you say get taught, you mean a person I, or a no, course? I, no, I like no, like no, subscribe I, here, or, or like Doug's, here's Doug's our course. Of I'm, not, I'm not talking it's about Doug's bit, course. I'm not talking about. Wait, I want to hear the definition. I want to hear the definition. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a yeah. little bit slanted to, to the to, to to a sales and marketing orientation of it. So it's not. Um, it's the ability to intuitively grasp the performance drivers for someone else's business, and then clearly explain how your product or service will drive their results. It's an ROI on the fly conversation. That it's an e that's an equal mixture of business understanding, asking the right questions, and pouncing on opportunity when it presents itself. You can't teach that. Right. But you can't teach that, but you can learn it. Yes. I totally And agree. you learn it through trial and error because, because by the way, that there, there's the other thing. Okay. So I guess there's a teaching it's self-taught. If you want to, if you want to go to a technical aspect where I think you're somewhere along the lines of what you were saying, Max, 
but there, you know, there's an element, there's an element of trial and error. Um, there, there, there's a hypothesis-driven approach that, that goes into how people with business acumen perform. Some people have the mindset and a mind that creates hypotheses. Some, some don't. It, it's a very, um, I mean, to to a large degree, what I love about business acumen is it's very generalist-driven. It's very range. If, if you've read the book Range, it's very much about range. It, it's it's the exposure to a wide set of, of situations so that you have the ability to connect the dots. Yeah. And, and some people can connect dots and, and, and it's okay. What I'm about to say, it's okay. It doesn't make anybody less perfect. Some people can't. Yeah. I, I and, and, and if you're not someone that, that, that connects dots and especially that enjoys connecting dots, there, there are plenty of places where you can be great. And you can be exceptional and you can even be great and exceptional in marketing if you want to be w- without that. But but it also means where where you want to go, what what your marketing role is, doesn't have to like a graphic artist, a, a, even an illustrator. I think as you begin to get to illustrator, business acumen begin, and aspects of it begin to help. They don't necessarily need to understand the financial implication. But, but as an example, the fact that I understand the difference between an OPEX expense and a CAPEX, CAPEX expense helps me jump into a situation to change how we're talking about one thing in one situation and differently in another situation. And most people would say, what does that arcane aspect have to do with anything? The fact that I understand what a debt covenant is. And so, you know, my client that, that has a very capital intensive business. So therefore they need to borrow money to fund that. And I want to bring out this, you know, and they've got growth expectations and I understand what the impact of certain expenses are going to be allows me to never make a recommendation. Um, and even to bring out what they need to be careful about that completely changes the path that they're going on. So that, I know we started off talking about marketing and now we're in what is business acumen, but yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll say uh, a couple things here. One, good luck to all of you watching and listening uh, this to Google the words out of the last minute of Doug speaking because there will be some searching being done. I can tell that. Just go to Imagine LLC Business Act. Yeah, there you, go, there you go. Hey, look at that marketing. <laughs> look, at the, look at that marketing. Julie, I really want to get your thoughts on kind of last – because by the way, we've, we've blasted through this and I didn't even get to trigger Doug with T shaped marketer this time so that's shame i was waiting for that to happen yeah i wanted you to know, do T-shaped that marketers generalist actually you won me over that's a t-shaped marketer is a generalist and there's an awful lot of value for generalists i'm oh. just all i said was you don't have to be hey i'm clocking out i'm done for the day i won doug over i can't even believe it the way there you go. Let's party. The The way the other podcast that we've done on this ended is the last words out of Doug's mouth was, I hate T-shaped markers. <laughs> so that's good. That's good that we end this way. Julie, what are your closing thoughts on what makes a good marketer? What is marketing? Business acumen? The amount of Googling that our viewers and listeners are going to have to do after this uh, you know, session. Give, give me your closing thoughts. Googling, Here. number one skill. Number one hey. hard skill. Tell me you're an expert Googler and prove it. Um, no, I think there's a, from what I've learned about marketing, there's always a lot to to learn and that curiosity component is important. Also, um, I said this last time and I'll say this again, 
um, as much as perhaps generalists are undervalued, so is ability to write and um, communicate via writing. So polish up those writing skills. Yeah, that was a whole big part of the conversation last time. That's a tough pill for me to swallow. Anyway, while I swallow my pills, while you Google all the things that you've uh, listened to uh, today, make sure that you let us know you're enjoying the show. Make sure you hit us up, D at Doug Davidoff, at Max Jacob Cohen. And of course, I'm at George B. Thomas on the Twitters. Make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag Sprocket Talk, hashtag The Spot Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode.